DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined by Stephen Benz, who is a biblical scholar and an award-winning author of over 60 books. He's also a popular speaker, offering keynotes, seminars, and workshops at national and regional conferences and education for pastoral leaders. With Stephen Benz, we go inside the pages of St. Junipero Cerro's Camino, a pilgrimage guide to the California missions, published by Franciscan Media. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me. You're so welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be able to bring you to those who are listening, because I think you're quite a professor of how to listen, to be able to enter into a Lexio wherever you are at, finding God whether it's in a pilgrimage or in the scriptures, wherever that encounter, to have that continued receptivity. I think that's one of the hallmarks of your gift and what you bring to everyone. And so I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you for saying those things. That means a lot to me. And and, and that is really kind of at the heart of my work, you know, holy viewing and holy listening and all of that is is so much a part of uh, the kind of pilgrimage work that I do and the type of books that I write on the scriptures. And it's listening with the ear of the heart, isn't it? It's that it even and seeing in a very real way with the eyes of the heart, all that senses that that's the the place where it all passes through, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, seeing and and, and listening, and you know the 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 spiritual masters explain that. The more senses we can use in our spiritual practice, the the more rich the experience. So, for example, when we when we read the scriptures, I teach people how to read aloud. That's not only how the ancients always read, but it allows the person to to see the text with the eyes and to uh, speak the text with the lips and to hear the text with the ears. So, all the senses are involved. So. The same thing is true with reading the scriptures. The same is true for gazing at icons, for example. And certainly it's it's true for the whole experience of Christian pilgrimage. You know, it's the way we see and and hear and and enter into the experience that is so transformative for us. Well, you've written some incredible books about how to do just that with the Mass to help break open the mystery of this great Eucharist that we are able to partake in. But I want to bring you back to talk about those, too. But I think that's it. We're the whole person created, of course, in the image of God and not necessarily in his perfection, but he gives us the tools to be able to experience him in so many ways, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And, and that's why I love you know, the Holy Land. The, one of those places that you mentioned I was traveling these days was the Holy Land. I led a pilgrimage there just a few weeks ago. And and that's, you know, to encounter those places as a pilgrim uh, with Scripture in hand, reading the text and praying at the sites. That's, that's just a, one of the fathers of the Church called it the fifth gospel. You know, it really is a way to encounter the Word of God in a, in a new way. And that's true for, for so many other kinds of experiences, too, not only with the, the text of Scripture. And, and that that's led me to other kinds of pilgrimages, you know, not only— bring people to the Holy Land, to uh, Greece and Turkey for the rest of the New Testament, but also now to Marian sites. And, and I just love the sites of the saints, because all of those are 
ways to enter into into the mystery of Christ through the experiences and encounters of other people and to share in that and, and to share it with others as well. Okay, now we're going to be talking, everyone, about St. Junipero Serra's Camino, a pilgrimage guide to the California missions. But you brought up the Holy Land, and you <laughs> do have a phenomenal book that's been out for a little while, but it's so beautiful and so current, the one on the Holy Land pilgrimage, which I just happened to take with me as I, I just made a recent trip to the Holy Land, but also a newer book about taking the pilgrimage to Poland. Yes. And so I got to mention those. I want to get those right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, I, I'm so happy with the way those turned out. I, I loved writing them because, you know, I got to to share with others in, in book form, in word form, what I experienced at those places, as well as to provide a kind of an encounter for them through prayer and, and scripture in each of those places. And also to include my photography. You know, not only do I am I a writer, but I I enjoy photography as well. And, and my publishers have, well, each one of them in a different way have expressed through photography and through words and design the joy and the richness of going to those places and entering into the experience. So I'm just so happy with the way that each one of those books turned out. And, and I thank the publishers especially for that. Well, and especially in this book, the St. Junipero Serra's Camino, it is an idea who I think we should embrace, a Camino right here in the United States. North America, it's just not limited to the United States, to North America. Oftentimes we have a desire to be able to travel, to maybe go to the places that more often than not in pilgrimage are located literally on the other side of the world. And yet here in the United States, North America, we have a beautiful opportunity with our rich spiritual patrimony, which may be baby in size compared to that other part of the world. And yet it still offers such rich graces, doesn't it? It does. You know, St. Junipero Serra is one of one of my heroes. He's just such a, a fascinating person. You know, when Pope Francis announced a few years ago that he was going to canonize St. Junipero Serra as one of the great saints of for North America, you know, he, he emphasized that Serra is a, a missionary disciple, and uh, he wanted to emphasize that, that calling that we all have to be missionary disciples in the world. And, and I think that we can look at, at Serra as such a, an inspiration for us. Because in a whole different age, in a whole different way, he was a missionary disciple. And, uh, you know, although we can't, it's not really fair to judge the past according to the standards of the present, you know, we don't evangelize in quite the same way today. And certainly mistakes were made in the past. But nevertheless, he has a heroic spirit. And, and I think he is a, a true saint that we can all imitate and, and look to. And as you say, He's a saint for our own country. You know, while there are lots of sacred sites in the United States, as, you know, as young as our history is, nevertheless, I think that the way of St. Junipero Serra, which is essentially those 21 beautiful, originally Franciscan missions up and down the coast of California, is just one of the most beautiful, rich, spiritual journeys that, that anyone could take. So that's what I did when I heard that Pope Francis was going to canonize Sarah. I went to California. You know, well, first I 
I read lots of books. I read some of the wonderful biographies of Sarah, some of which are have been done in recent years. There's some very, very good stuff out there on on Sarah. And also read his letters and, you know, communications from him and to him and really got to know him. And then, of course, I flew to California and rented a car and and started in San Diego and, and went the whole mission route. And it really is a beautiful pilgrimage. You know, if you do it quickly, you can do about three missions a day. So it takes about a week, but probably best to spread that out some or or maybe even do it on, on several different occasions to get in all 21 of the missions. But first of all, they're beautiful places. They're, they're holy places. They're rich with the native culture of California because the native peoples are the ones who built them and they were built for them. And their spirit still very much uh, pervades those missions. Well, you do such a beautiful job in Chapter 4 of the book where you talk about the spirituality of the Native peoples of California. I think that is an area that could be dived into even more deeply in our own appreciation of what they bring into the church's experience. Yes, for sure. You know, it's a rich sort of natural spirituality that the Natives had before Christianity was brought to them by Sarah and the Franciscan missionaries. And so, you know, grace builds on nature. Christianity builds on the uh, the spirit, rich spiritual experiences of Native peoples who came before them. And, and that's that's the way it's always been. And, and that's the way it was done in, in California. Sarah had a rich appreciation for the natural spirituality of the Native peoples. They had a rich appreciation for for the land and, you know, the, the spirits that are within the natural creation. And, and of course, Franciscan spirituality really just builds on that. And so to kind of dialogue with Native spirituality and the rich creation-centered Franciscan spirituality, the spirituality of St. Francis of Assisi and St. Clair, that's what Sarah brought to the Native peoples, and, and that's what the Native peoples gave to him as well. And so, you know, I think that to talk about the missions and the life of Sarah in terms of that kind of spirituality can go a long way in healing many of the, the challenges that came from the mission life and, and the misunderstandings of people today about Junipero Serra and the Spanish missions and and what, what their goal was and, and what they accomplished there. Yeah, there is so much to be spoken about in that section that you have in the book as well called Acknowledging the Past and Working Toward Healing is that we take a look at the interaction of people and trying to understand cultures and trying to learn to live together with the reality of expansion not only as the missions are being established, the Franciscan priests are moving out and leading that call of evangelization, you have other factors. You have people that are, the human race is expanding. It's moving out beyond all kinds of borders. And a lot of times, interactions of extremely different cultures, they clashed. And a lot of times that resulted in a lot of pain. And I think when we look at St. Unibro Serra's life, he was trying in many ways to be a bridge. And all the Franciscans who came 
Unfortunately, sometimes it went well and other times it didn't. But that's true of any time in human culture when those type of expansions happen, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's right. I think people who kind of blame Sarah for the whole, all the results of the colonization of California, you know, uh, are really mm-hmm. off base. Uh, the The native peoples loved Junipero Serra, and, and he loved them. He he gave up a very successful academic life there in in Mallorca, the island off of Spain where he is from, and and he went to what is today Mexico, and then to California late in his life. And he he felt a real calling as an academic to go on mission. And that's exactly what he did. He spent the rest of his life on on missions and uh, bringing the gospel to, to the native peoples. And he did that out of love. First of all, love for Christ. And the more he encountered them, the more he grew in his love for, for the native peoples. And uh, when you read his biographies and his letters, you you realize what a heart he had for the people and how he defended them from the Spaniards, from the military, and, and many of the abuses that, that were taking place there. One of the first, what we might call sort of a bill of rights, you know, he, he was able to accomplish from the, from the Spanish military for the native peoples. And so he was, um, he, he sought justice for them. And his whole idea was to teach them. You know, the, the reality, as you said so well, you know, this was a clash of cultures. You know, the Europeans were were coming to California, you know, whether it be the, the Spanish or the English or, or the Russians eventually from, from the Alaska region. Europe was coming to California, and so life was going to change dramatically for the, for the Native peoples. And so the whole idea of the Spanish missions was to certainly— bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to to the native peoples, but also at the same time, train them in skills, agricultural skills, and, and lots of other kinds of skills that would enable them to be an important part of and to survive in and thrive in this new culture that would inevitably come to California. You know, I I think the, the whole idea of the missions accomplished that in large part. Of course, the downside was, you know, all these diseases, you know, this uh, this understanding of, uh, there's no understanding of bacteria at the time, of course, and, and spread of diseases and all that sort of thing. But uh, but they didn't, uh, the native peoples didn't have the immune system for some of the European diseases that, that the missionaries and the colonists brought. It's also very true that we can, you know, look, compare the, the Spaniard colonization with the later occupation of the Native peoples by the Mexican government and then by the American government, and the cruelty to the Native peoples and the, the, the deaths under the Mexican and then the American government paled in comparison to, to the negative results that were part of the Spanish colonization. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. 
Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Inside the Pages. We're talking with Stephen Benz, the author of St. Junipero Serra's Camino, A Pilgrimage Guide to the California Missions. The tragedy of exploitation of communities by those who have a bit more power, or maybe we should say a lot of power. Whether you're in pilgrimage along the beautiful California coastline, or if you're in France or in the Holy Land, Wherever that might be, Italy, of course, usually those places of pilgrimage are sites of the rising up of the light of grace, that those moments of holiness, even through those times, these became sanctuary places. And the holiness is what we pilgrim towards, isn't it, that we want to touch base with, that is usually laid down from those, those lives of sanctity in the midst of all of that difficulty, challenge, and pain, struggle, suffering. I'm not trying to make it dark, but it's actually those are places of light. And yeah. that's why we want to go there, isn't it, Stephen? That's right. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, uh, You know, the, the missions were beautiful places, uh, but they had their dark side for sure. One of the parts of my book, I just turned to it, is called Inspiring Quotations for Pilgrimage. And uh, it's quotations by Sarah and by people who writing about Sarah. I enjoy reading some of those quotations and read you one by Sarah. When he's, he's describing the mission, he's uh, in the midst of the mission, looking around him, and this is what he sees. He says, the spectacle of seeing about a hundred young children of about the same age, praying and answering individually all the questions asked on Christian doctrine, hearing them sing, 
seeing them going about clothed in cotton and woolen garments, playing happily and who deal with the Padres so intimately as as if they had always known them, is indeed something moving, a thing for which God is to be thanked. Every day, Indians are coming in from the distant homes in the Sierra. They told the Padres that they would like them to come to their territory. They see our church, which stands before their eyes so neatly. They see the milpas with corn, which are pretty to behold. They see so many children as well as people like themselves going about clothed, who sing and eat well and work. All of this together with the way our Lord God touches their souls. Who can doubt that he will win their hearts? And that's a beautiful vision, a beautiful Mm -hmm. description of the desire of Sarah for the missions, a way of looking at the missions that is not emphasized very much anymore. The misunderstanding of by many people today of of the mission culture and the way that, you know, St. Sarah's statues are being, you know, defaced and all of that sort of thing is, is as I said, he's he's being blamed for the whole colonization movement, which certainly had many negative effects. And because he was the first, he was the father of California, many would describe him as, and for many years, such a hero of California. And still, all the fourth graders of California learn about Sarah. They study the missions, and it's such a, an important part of their culture. And Sarah's, uh, you know, has a, a statue in Washington, D.C., in the rotunda of the Capitol. And what's done to him today is, by and large, you know, as I said, a, a misunderstanding. And people who go to the missions and read Sarah's biographies and read his letters, that's going to go a long way in healing this kind of misunderstanding that we see so much of today. And let's talk about the communion of saints. Let's talk about those who the missions have as their unique patrons, yes. who as you go on these pilgrimages, it's not only with Father Sarah, and those Franciscan missionaries and the people that he touched, those Christians, Catholics that were transformed by their spiritual life with Christ. But it's also with the great saints who mark each spot, not to pick on California, this time that we are living in, which is kind of a struggle in a very real way for the church and for the people of God and trying to live that faith out. We can be spiritually fed nurtured by honoring each of the saints we encounter, as you so beautifully outline in descriptions of the 21 missions. Yeah, I love each one of the missions for various reasons. You know, I, I certainly have my favorites, but most of them are are named for the saints. And you go up and down the coast of California today and see all the cities who are named after the saints. You know, so many people don't even know that Los Angeles is named for for the angels and Our Lady of the Angels and uh, San Diego for the saints and San Francisco, uh, you know, Santa Barbara. They're all named for the saints who uh, became the patrons of the missions in those places and today are the name of the thriving city that in California. So each one of those missions has their own patron, their own patron saint, and that's what I include in the book also. Uh, part of the prayer services that I wrote for each one of the missions is a prayer through and, and with the saints uh, of the mission. For those of us who are located right here in North America, they'll maybe a little more easily get to this Camino pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. 
there is in the section of the book, it actually comes very early, you describe that if we can't make it that way, we can enter into a pilgrimage, even in our armchair, to be able to pray with each of these different reflections, these different stories, these lovely missions. Even today, there is, there is a way of doing that. And I'm so grateful that you brought this forward in the book. Yeah, armchair pilgrimage is a way that so many people are doing pilgrimage today for those who are unable to travel for one reason or another. You know, the the next best thing to being there, I would say, is uh, an armchair pilgrimage. And to take a book like this and uh, choose uh, one mission a day, for example, and uh, kind of go in your imagination to that place through the photography I provide, through the descriptions that I provide. You know, you can supplement it through your own internet searches and then uh, enter into prayer through the prayer experiences that I have for each one of the missions. It can be a wonderful way to, to journey on on pilgrimage, you know, just uh, in your own armchair. So I really encourage that. But then also you, you bring a pretty easy descriptions on how you can do this if you want to travel by car or even if you want to do a pilgrimage on foot or by bike. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, I recommend a car. <laughs> it's challenging. By foot and foot and bike is very difficult from the California missions, although there are a number of people, you can find them online, who are doing it and who have written books about the trails they've used and that sort of thing. Unfortunately, much of it is on asphalt. You know, much of it is the uh, 101 highway up and down California. So it, it's not like the uh, the Camino of Santiago de Compostelo. It can be done in that way. But but I recommend car. You know, it's so easy to fly out to California, rent a car in San Diego. And with your GPS device these days, it's so easy just to put in the name of the mission and then it'll show you exactly how to get there, how long it's going to take you to get there. And it's very, very easy to do a, a pilgrimage in that way in our day. Well, Stephen, I, gosh, I, there's so many reasons why I, I love this book. St. Junipero Cerro's Camino, A Pilgrimage Guide to the California Missions. I really, again, I highly encourage people to pick up a copy. I mean, this is part of the North American spiritual patrimony, isn't it? I mean, it, this is something that we all should be very aware of and allow grace to also penetrate our lives through being open to listening, to seeing. And, and again, your your pictures in the book, the, the, the photography and the quality of the book is so worthy of the great mystery that you're breaking open for everybody. I just think it's uh, valuable for all of us. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I I uh, I'm very proud of this book, and and I I know that has led many people to California, on pilgrimage to in the way of Saint Rosera. As you said so well, it really is an American Camino. It's a, it's an American pilgrimage path, and we can go on pilgrimage. And great thing about it is, it's one of the most beautiful naturally beautiful areas of our country as well. So we can pray and gaze on the sights and eat some of that wonderful California food and its wine, which, by the way, came from the missions, the whole wine culture of California derived from those Franciscan missionaries. Enter into the culture of California by going to the missions. And not to forget that this also is an opportunity for those who by doing an action like this, whether it's a armchair pilgrimage or maybe it is one by automobile or those hardy souls that can do it by foot or by bike. But it's an opportunity not only to pray for this close relationship for ourselves, but maybe also to offer an intercede for the healing 
that needs to take place, not only in California, in the in the church in that area. There's no doubt our brothers and sisters need that type of intercessory prayer right now. Something that can help us in North America, but all the whole world, to maybe ask the Lord to help us, don't you think? Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to pray and and a prayer that's so much so much needed, I think, in California. This uh, about this about the situation and uh, and the missionary culture of California and its results and and the heart that led it. So yes, we can pray for healing for sure in those places. And I think healing not only comes through prayer, but it comes through understanding by really understanding the history, by being honest about the history and about the life of Sarah and the Franciscans and and the Native American people. You know, so many of them are still Catholics today, and they're very proud of these places. There's some of the—there's a a rich Native American Catholicism that thrives in California, and they're centered on the missions. And so many of the Native peoples of California are are so proud of these missions. They belong to them, you know, through the church. And so by encountering not only these physical buildings— but by encountering the the Native American peoples in California, that can be a wonderful experience of of healing and grace as well. Well, and I always encourage people when they do these pilgrimages, whether it's a church that you're visiting, the mission that you might be visiting, be sure to, in one way, if it's to offer some type of stewardship, maybe it's in the suffering of the, the journey that you're on or in that prayer, but also maybe even in your financial help. I think that's an important part of the pilgrimage experience is to give it back a bit more to the place that you're visiting, don't you think? Yes, I think so, for sure. A lot of uh, foundations have rebuilt the missions and are keeping them up, but most of them are active Catholic parishes today, all, all but two. Two of them are owned by the, the state, I think, uh, and who run them, but 19 of them are active Catholic parishes not just Franciscan these days, but some of them are diocesan. Others are, let's see, one is Jesuit. There are various different orders and communities that run and keep up these missions, and they certainly can can use our our financial help in addition to our to our prayerful support. So that's an important part of of pilgrimage as well. Well, Stephen, I wish we had more time, but I'm hoping that we can continue to have further conversations on so much of your other work. But in this particular conversation on St. Junipero Cerro's Camino, a pilgrimage guide to the California missions, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, gosh, you know, just, you know, life is short, so go on a pilgrimage. (laughs) (laughs) So many people go with me in the last stages of their life and have a hard time getting around sometimes. So, you know, you're never too young for pilgrimage. So I say, uh, go. There's nothing more richly transforming than Catholic pilgrimage to to holy places. And that's what I spend a lot of my time uh, promoting and getting ready for and writing about. So I, I know the benefits of pilgrimage from the people I've led to lots of different places. So I would just encourage as many people as, as possible to, to go on pilgrimage. You know, there's so many different kinds and so many different places, but each one of them are unique, and each one of them have their own graces associated with them. Definitely go with holy souls like Stephen Benz, because you don't want it to be a tour or a vacation travel log. This pilgrimage can be so much richer and so much deeper if if it's truly a pilgrimage, especially those that will lead you in deeper into your heart. Well, Stephen Benz, thank you so very much. 
Thank you, Chris. It's so nice being with you and uh, hope we can talk again. With Steve and Benz, we've gone inside the pages of St. Junipero Serra's Camino, a pilgrimage guide to the California missions. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, visit bridge-b.com, Stephen Benz's website. There you'll find his speaking topics and all of his publications. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. Or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app or on whatever streaming platform you get your podcasts. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors.